Welcome to Berlinshire. Today I've come out to the shopping district of Kudam, which is in former West Berlin, and I'm here in the foyer of the Story of Berlin, which is a nice museum devoted to the history of the city. All around me you've got photographs of Berlin during the height of the Cold War. Uh, over here uh, you've got what looks like some ladies posing in some wedding dresses by the Brandenburg Gate, and then next to that what looks like Willy Brandt a former mayor, I believe, of Berlin and then subsequently Chancellor of West Germany, having a sip of some milk. Now I've come out here not only because this is a fantastic museum, but because it's the site of one of the largest nuclear bunkers to have been built in Berlin in the 1970s, and I'm going to take a look around it now. We're now just heading down in the lift, down to where the bunker is. It uh, feels like going into an underground car park. I'm accompanied by Marita Horvath, uh, who's an actress and tour guide here at the Story of Berlin, and she's kindly agreed to tell me something about the bunker here. So we're just going in now, and you can hear the sound of the generator. It's very spooky. Danke. So we're now we're coming into the bunker, a slightly unearthly place, slightly eerie, uh, surrounded by bunk beds. How many people could actually be accommodated down here, Marita? It's exactly a place for 3,592 people in here. So we say approximately 3,600. So, yeah, and people couldn't reserve places, couldn't reserve a bed, but who comes first serves first. So it's just for the civilians, civil um, bunker, yeah. Would it have been quite cramped down here, do you think? Quite close? Yeah, so and now there's only one-third of the bed uh, of the beds built up. So if you see, if you look up on the ceilings, you see red circles, and these are signs for more of the beds. So it's only uh, 4,000 square metres, and this is for 3,600 people. So it's not a lot of space. Uh, it would be quite packed and quite narrow, and therefore also quite hot and humid in here because of the many people being in, in this room. Yeah. So really quite, quite unpleasant. Yeah. Quite unpleasant. And uh, how long did they expect uh, to survive down here? How long were they were provided for? Okay, so it's all prepared to be here of only for two weeks. The whole equipment, for example, the air filters, just would work for two weeks and then they would be just stuck or filled and the people couldn't change them, couldn't exchange them because the gate would be sealed where you, yeah, where you could ex uh, exchange those filters. So this is to avoid that contaminated air coming out from those filters would also get into the main room of the bunker, so it's not possible to exchange them. And all the other supplies also just would, would be there for two weeks. So. so the assumption was that things would be significantly safer after two weeks? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just to protect protect people within the first two weeks after a nuclear attack. It's just coming here, spending two weeks uh, without moving, more or less, because people would here um, would be in a quite dizzy mood. The air would contain only 50% of the uh, oxygen amount compared mm. uh, to normal oxygen mm. amount. So they would wouldn't be moving. They would just lay in their beds. So uh, the name of the bed is Sleeping Beauty, and people couldn't do a lot in here and then just wait. And after two weeks, it said that the nuclear radiation is on a level which allows you to leave the contaminated area, the contaminated field, without risking your life. So this is the idea, just the first protection and then leaving this uh, area very, very quickly. And presumably these would have been people who were just caught unawares on a kind of Einkaufsbummer, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, a shopping spree in uh, Kafustendam, looking around Christian Dior or whatever's in, in the area and then having to dash in after the three-minute warning. They had three-minute warnings in Germany, is that right? Uh, uh, I don't know. What kind of alarms? Do you know the kind of alarms they had? Or No, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, it's been built in, uh, in the mm. 70s, in the early 70s, and indeed it, has, uh, it was for people, for people going shopping or meant for people going shopping and maybe just being around Kurfürstendamm and then uh, protecting, sh- uh, searching shelter in here. So. so protecting the people with the most money. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, yes. So we're going to have a little wander around now and have a look at the, have a look at the bunker. You've got some footage here some, of um, a nuclear bomb being detonated. Presumably that's from somewhere like America or... Do you know where that's from? Is that a... This is a, a film done by the German Bundeswehr, the German army in the 60s and 70s, and they're still shown... This is to show the, the soldiers, the young soldiers, about the, the dangers of nuclear bombs, nuclear weapons. Yeah. This is still used, so this material. So this is uh, the old engine. This sound is just a sound installation, so it doesn't work, but it's a very old engine, of course, from the 70s, and it's normally used in ship engineering, and it's 185 horsepowers. Uh, so quite strong and it would be run by diesel oil and also would, would only run for two weeks so and this is to for the electricity supply in here and it would be even darker than now so yeah. it's really just to, just to add um, it's really quite dark in here the only thing lighting up the room are the emergency exit signs which presumably I'm not sure would have been there at the time and then a couple of blue lights in the distance so it's, it's really quite dim apart from the kind of you know the odd bit of exhibition lighting yeah, yeah. So also the students always ask, would it be that blue in here, this blue light? And within the toilets, they, they wanted to use blue light in the 70s because they thought it would have um, an antiseptic effect. So, And the exhibition took this blue light, this idea of the blue light for the whole room now. So, so ultraviolet light with antiseptic properties yeah, yeah, yeah. washes all your radiation sickness away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the idea. <laughs> So we're going to keep walking through here. Which direction should we go? Really is very, very creepy down here. I wouldn't want to be locked down here on my own. Yeah, maybe just take the way through the beds. Okay. This gives us a good impression. So we've just come up to the Rettungsraum, which means emergency room, which sounds rather alarming. Yeah. And in here you've got a, a couple of bunks, a bit more space, uh, and what looks a bit like a kind of very pared-down doctor's surgery. Yeah. So what's this for, Marita? So this is for slightly injured people. Of course, uh, you have to think if 
indeed a nuclear attack would have taken place, people would come here insured also. But here you could only treat people with minor injuries, so no real operations could take place in here. And also now there is no medical supply in here. So this would be brought in here in case of warning, so in case of pre uh, preparing uh, mm. this bunker. Just, yeah. Also among uh, this, there would be a team controlling the whole life in the bunker. This is from the Zivilschutzamt something. So, and they have room there. It's really only thought for the team controlling it all. But there wouldn't be any doctors uh, within this team. It would only be, there wouldn't be a militaries, uh, not a military force, but keeping, watching after the whole technical equipment and also being, yeah, like a police. But it's it's thought that among the 3,592 people, there would be doctors and maybe nurses to also help people. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. And I think it hopefully should work that people should organize themselves. So I think it really would be a test on how people work, a very existential situation. So... Yeah. Okay. So maybe we go to the toilets then. This is one of the, of the uh, toilet, toilet washing rooms. So if you see in here, this is the blue light, but I don't think this is original either. And so the toilets don't, they don't have doors, just curtains. And this is uh, said that maybe it's not so easy to commit suicide within the toilets because you can't shut the door. So this is, this is the idea one of my colleagues told me. I think it's quite a quite logical idea. So It's quite stark in here, I have to say, and there's not many toilets for quite a lot, what would have been, would have been quite a lot of people. Um, there are no showers, and there wouldn't be any cleaning lady, anything. So hygienics wouldn't be that good, I think. And, yeah, it's only washing facilities for men, two for men, two for women. So you can divide the bunker into two parts. It's a big gate there, uh, closing, and so you have all the rooms. You have, you have them twice, so you have two kitchens, four toilets, and so on. Yeah. Was there anything here that was provided to give people something to pass the time with at all? Books, uh, entertainment, um, any kind? Yeah. Of any kind? Yes, yeah, some visitors asked me just yesterday or the day before, No, because indeed people wouldn't, couldn't do uh, a lot in here. As I said, the oxygen amount within the air would just be by 50%. So really they would just lay in their beds and sleep most of the time. And also it would be so, so packed, so uh, there would be beds everywhere. So you couldn't move indeed. Yeah. Okay, so Marita is now taking me to see the air filter here. So the air outside would contain, uh, would be contaminated because the small particles uh, within the air would just contain the nuclear radiation. So it is important to filter the air before we could breathe it in here. These are coal filters and before the air is filtered through those filters 
they would be um, also sand filters. So, and you see those bricks uh, lying here, uh, laying here. And uh, as I said before, so this gate would be this door would be sealed, and you couldn't exchange them. Also, there would uh, more air would be sucked out uh, than coming in. So, yeah. I think this is quite impressive as a just also as a visual. Um, yeah, there's lots of lots of grey cylinders and tubes that sound a bit like they're kind of breathing. It is really quite an eerie picture. They presumably kept that going to tell us what it was like, give us an idea of what it was like. But the idea that them taking out more air than actually that it's pumping in is presumably means that, I mean, were people actually going to suffocate here after 14 days? Suffocate? Um, they'd have no more air. Yeah, indeed, it is just a useful life of the filters they say in here no more air would come through the filters so people would just have to leave it also the water would run out and the fuel for the engines and also the food would be <clears throat> would last only for two for two weeks but i think the air is just the most important point if there's no air to breathe people would have to to leave the bunker then but now we know that um, the effects of radiation don't disappear after two weeks. No. I mean, how effective would this bunker would this bunker have actually been yeah. for people trying to be saved or protected from the effects of a nuclear war? I mean, really, do you think yeah. people genuinely could have survived having lived here for two weeks and then gone out into the open? Yeah, I. I mean, for me, it's also very difficult to understand because it it, it has been the time of uh, divided Berlin. So I don't know really how, how many square metres um, or square kilometres did have West Berlin, but I don't think too many. So is it, it is said that this bunker only protects uh, us, protects people in here, if a nuclear bomb detonates in a distance of more than two kilometres from here. If not, uh, this bunker would also be damaged and couldn't protect people. Also, there, there's been placed within the bunkers for the, for the West Berlin population only for 1% of the West mm. Berlin population. This is just, uh, uh, yeah, nothing. So Those key shoppers, uh, lucky yeah, yeah, shoppers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. So it's just maybe to um, show people we're doing something. A gesture. Yeah, a gesture. And... A political gesture. In Germany, we'd say Beruhigungspille.